Welcome to the Mountain Students Team Podcast, a podcast specifically for our students team at Mountain Students. Uh, we make more and better disciples of middle and high school students by connecting them to someone who loves God and loves them to help them develop an authentic faith. We believe everything rises and falls in the strength of our disciple makers and our process to connect students to them. My name is Chase, and with me, as always, I like to say, even though not always, is my friend Sean. You know him. Say hi, Sean. Hey, y'all. That's it. Cool. Uh, that was great. Uh, but maybe more important than Sean and myself today, we have some special 100% guests with us true. today um, from Evolve Wellness. Not Evolve Holistic. What is it? Evolve Wellness? Evolve. It's Evolve Wellness. Evolve, yes. Evolve Wellness. But, but they practice holistic wellness. They do. They're right. wonderful people. We've spent the morning with them. Um, so Tyler, hello, the CEO of Evolve Wellness. Hi. Thank you so much for having us here. And Tyler, who is a licensed therapist and the CFO of Evolve Wellness. Hello. It's it's Joseph. Joseph. I said, I, you said Tyler. Again. This is Tyler. <laughs> this is amazing. This is Joseph. I love well, hearing I mean, that, Tyler. Though. Tyler, we're just switching bodies here. <laughs> this is uh, uh, Joseph, um, and then Charles, spiritual and emotion coach. That's right. Thanks for having me. This is a mouthful, man. Like mm. I kind of brought into this, and I just did not rehearse it, so I apologize. <laughs> uh, well, welcome, Sean. Please speak before I keep putting my foot in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. So I think it might be helpful. I mean, obviously, we heard a yeah. little bit of what you do, but it's probably better to hear it from you all. Uh, and so maybe go around and just once again uh, share a little bit about what you do, and maybe even share a little bit about Evolve Wellness on the whole mm. too. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm. I'm Tyler. I'm the owner of Evolve Wellness. And uh, what Evolve is about is really helping people find wellness in their lives through self-love. We believe that all healing starts with self-love. That's why love is hidden in our name. And it's about evolving into the person that you were always meant to be. So we offer services for your spiritual, mental, and physical wellness. And we have a team of practitioners that work together collaboratively to help you reach that highest level of wellness for you. Um, I'm our holistic wellness practitioner. I do everything from personal training to nutrition to supplements uh just really taking a really holistic approach to someone's wellness awesome thank you tyler uh so my name is joseph not uh, not tyler not tyler not tyler that's the only tyler. very clear <laughs> not tyler not tyler only one tyler at the table <laughs> one tyler one joseph uh so my name is joseph and i'm a licensed therapist and tyler and i started evolve uh with that that goal and passion uh to to really just help people and care for people uh, especially with our own journeys uh, with doctors and, and health professionals where we didn't feel listened to. Um, and that's, that's probably one of our main goals is with our holistic practices to listen to people and ask, ask questions and, and really give the care that, that people are looking for. Um, so I, I work one-on-one -on -one with clients through mental health therapy. Um, and uh, one great thing about Evolve that Tyler has not mentioned yet is that uh, we all uh, kind of collaborate uh, on your case. Uh, so from these different uh, you know, practices and specialties, uh, we'll, we'll have this collaboration, uh, to kind of consult on how we can give you the, the best level of care. And of course that's up to the client. Like if a client just wants to see me or just see Tyler and not have their information shared, we totally respect that. We just encourage that collaboration, uh, so you can get a higher level of care. Yeah. My name is Charles and I am an emotion coach and a spiritual coach. And I come from, doing uh, vocational ministry for several years and then working at a Christian daycare center for about seven years until the pandemic, you know, shut everything down. <laughs> um, and so coming from both of those backgrounds, I work with people trying to regulate and understand their emotions. Really big part of that is just because oftentimes you feel all this stuff and then you're like, man, I'm so broken. And I just want people to know big feelings doesn't make you broken. <laughs> so working through what that means and what that looks like and just being able to help people navigate that. And then on the spiritual side of that is just unpacking my faith journey. Sometimes you need somebody that's a safe place to have a judgment free. And you're not sure who to talk to. Well, that's where I come in as a spiritual coach, being able to help you lay it out all out on the table and say, all right, what's the most important? What's like the bottom line here uh, on your faith journey? Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why we love uh, partnering with Evolve Wellness is we believe everything is spiritual. And so it's really cool to see how you all are looking at the whole of the person, not just one particular area to really bring wholeness and wellness uh, in, in so many different ways. One of the things we love to do on the podcast is to get to know our guests a little bit. 
And so, oh yeah, that's my job. So I, I think you uh, have something fun for, for yeah, them. Yeah. Well, we were talking oh. about this right before we hit record because Sean doesn't know anything about media or television at all. So for you three, <laughs> not true. for you, Sean, for you three, just growing up or even to adulthood, like what's been like your favorite show to watch? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. You got to pick one. I, can, I know. I know you want wait, me to wait. say, no, just pick three. It's fine. No. So I need would to it be like one. one from childhood and then or one adult. into adulthood or one matter. or the other? One or the other. Because I would be, I'm formed by the Ninja Turtles mm. and, <laughs> and then as an adult, it's the office. Like there there's, is. I live and die mm-hmm. by the office. There it is. Well, <laughs> I've seen the office for the record. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> so proud of you, Sean. What about you, not Tyler? <laughs> so, uh, again, my name is Joseph. <laughs> new, new business. New business. Like, I'm going to yeah. take this and just make it like 55 font. <laughs> Hi, I'm Chase. Um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you, you can have it, man. Uh, so uh, same for Charles. I think that's an important distinction, right? So growing up, what was your, your, you know, your show and then in adulthood. So, Growing up, I think Avatar: The Last Airbender oh, wow. was my nice. show, um, nice. and just so instrumental. And even into adulthood, I still love watching that show. And uh, even now, you know, Tyler and I have uh, a great puppy. His name is Appa, uh, <laughs> nice. and he is. So you, you're a you're an anime fan, is what I'm. Uh, yes, at. yeah, yeah. Do you I mind am. if I ask how old you are? Uh, I am uh, 24. Okay, awesome, awesome. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's dope. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, and then just going into adulthood, I think The Wire. I don't know if any oh, of you guys man. have watched The Wire. It's uh, phenomenal. Yeah, it's one <laughs> wow. of my favorite TV shows, I think, of all time. That's and good. I'm just introducing Tyler to that. And so we're in the first season. Good for you. The experience yeah. that show again would be a really cool thing Yeah, for the yeah. first time. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you're saying that because I'm just starting it and I'm not in it yet, but I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> this is depressing. <laughs> I, feel, I feel so much pressure from this question. Yeah. I... <laughs> I am not a huge like TV person, and so I have a lot of shows that have like flitted out of my life, but they're all like comfort shows. Like I don't have one like I've really dove into because I always um, read a lot, and this is like a sticking point in Joseph's and my relationship. Oh, he like okay. shows me all the best shows, but mm-hmm. the best one to date that he has shown me has been Breaking Bad. I absolutely love it. I think the storytelling is absolutely fantastic. Um, I'm a writer by nature. I have always written my entire life and written stories, and I think that show is like so incredibly written the dialogue's fantastic the storytelling's fantastic the characters and development is just beautiful amazing. so i like that show a lot yeah amazing i think that we got to know you all a lot in the past couple minutes that <laughs> yes. was great. you do a lot of personalities it does <laughs> i didn't realize that the childhood show would like also place them like you could kind of feel a little bit maybe maybe oh. when they grew up i mean you said it i didn't it's fine <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm really excited to them. Like I think part of part of uh, hospitality is getting to know people. Well then, yeah. well then, let me clarify. Is spiritual yeah. too. <laughs> let me clarify. First generation. I Ninja was going Turtles. to do that, so, but I wasn't <laughs> going to, to call that out. But I appreciate you clarifying. That's that. great. Has anyone ever asked you what your favorite TV shows are on this podcast yet? No. Because I question, like, the questions like switch to, every it time. It does change every so. time. The therapist is coming in. Yeah. He's in the so room. I would like to, I really you would love go to first? know. Mine, I have a very easy answer. You, you go first. Arrested Development is oh, my favorite so show good. of all time. Oh, I love that show. I'm watching it again There's right now. There's money in the banana the, stand. For like maybe the hundredth time. I just, I can't oh, get enough of that fantastic. show. That's fantastic. It's great. And I would probably go with Ted Lasso is my favorite show. It feels very, very catchphrasy. I will say I'm watching Shrinking right now shrinking might be better than you have got ted lasso i it's really well written like Mm -hmm. it's really funny but it's like well-written humor and yeah the characters that they've casted are like the actors for those are great so yeah shrinking or ted lasso would be my (laughs) okay shows fantastic but yeah so we're excited to have you all here uh it's going to cover we're going to cover a lot of ground in this conversation because we feel like you all have a lot to be able to give to us as we look to help partner with students as we look to help care for students and even look to disciple them. And so uh, as we kind of dive in, uh, ironically, we're going to be talking about the exact opposite of going a lot of places. It's actually talking a little bit about rest right now. And so uh, obviously that's something that I know I personally struggle with, but what, when it comes to rest, how do we look to carve out that time? What does it look like for us? And I mean, frankly, maybe some of us are even asking the question like, well, why do I need to rest? Mm. Well, I would love to jump in with the why, uh, kind of what I was sharing with the leaders earlier of 
when we look at the patterns that Jesus did in his ministry, we see patterns of him pulling away to rest. Um, he doesn't always get a lot of time in it. <laughs> he doesn't get a lot of time to, to rest at just little moments where he realizes that him and his disciples need to pull away. Sometimes he does that together. Sometimes he does that on his own. And so we see those patterns set up by Jesus. And I feel like that's a, that's an important why off the, off the bat of, you know, if I'm looking for a why, I want to, I want to know, Hey Jesus, what do I do? <laughs> so we see, we see Jesus setting up that pattern. And I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Which is often really against the culture that sometimes <laughs> takes place and takes root in churches of like, well, why would I take a day off? The devil doesn't take a day off. No, oh, it's, no. like, it's like one of those things where it's like, do we really want to compare ourselves those... to the devil? Like, let's not do yeah. that comparison. Well, it's like, like we need to outwork the devil. And at the same time, then you look at Jesus and Jesus was a Jew. Yeah. He practiced mm-hmm. the Sabbath. He yes. was taking a right. day off regularly every week and right. setting that apart in some really creative ways. And yeah. You even, uh, just if you want to dive deeper into that, it's really cool to see how Mark really crafts chapter six of how... Right. You see Jesus constantly trying to pull <laughs> yeah. pull away, but uh, the crowds yeah, so just the seem cliff, to keep finding The cliff him. notes of that is that in Mark chapter 6, you see Jesus send off the disciples in pairs, and then you see uh, John the Baptist killed, which would have been you know, detrimental to your emotional well-being, right? Like anytime we lose someone that's close to us, it, it rocks our world from time, you know, just is the truth of the matter. And then we see the disciples come back together to get with Jesus, and they're explaining everything that happened, and Jesus goes... Have, you even haven't even eaten yet. <laughs> like you haven't even done anything so, to take care of yourself. So he's like, well, let's pull away and rest. And as they do that, they're followed by a crowd. And then Jesus does, you know, the Jesus thing where he's like, oh guys, since you haven't eaten, where are we going to get food for everybody else? <laughs> and so he kind of challenges the disciples in their own mo- moment of hunger and needing rest. And what we have is in the moment of trying to find rest, I think even better ministry happened. Like, and I, you see that several times in Jesus's ministry and Mark out, outlines it that way. These stories that we have are in the midst of Jesus trying to find rest and pull away. And those are the moments that these incredible miracles happen and these cool things happen that we then point to and we're like, look at this stuff that happened in Jesus's ministry. Those happened as, as an interruption to his rest. Mm-hmm. What if they didn't rest? What if he kept going to the next town? None, that miracle wouldn't even be there. Right. Like right. we don't, we don't know that that would have happened. The feeding of the 5,000 might not have happened if he hadn't have pulled away and everybody followed him. That miracle might not happen. We do, might not have that story in Jesus's ministry. So in the time of rest, yes, there's interruptions to the rest, but in Jesus's case, every time there was an interruption to the rest, there's this amazing miracle or story or, or coming uh, to Jesus moment from somebody. Yeah. And just to play that out, like, then he sends the disciples, and he's, then he goes away on his own to rest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he walks on the water and climbs right. the storm. So it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just these moments where through Jesus modeling that rest to his disciples, and for, in some ways forcing them into that rest, it's like a, it's, it's a holy moment for them. It's also like we take that, and we need to glean from that. And like we need as students, pastors, to model that rest for leaders, leaders modeling that rest for students. Like that's how it trickles yeah. down. And so... That's a, that's a killer reference there in Mark six, right? And then that overarching grief that is uh, that has to, it's not mentioned. We don't we don't see them talking about John the Baptist's death, but that's an overarching grief that is obviously on all of their heads, like like in their minds and in their hearts. And Pun so that's intended. there. <laughs> oh, jeez, <yeah. laughs> Sorry, it's a dark place here in the, <laughs> in the studio on a silver platter. <laughs> really, just Gosh. set that one up on a silver platter. Uh, <laughs> I love it. It's great. Have a good time. Oh no! I think I think also what I love as well is like that. Uh, I think it's in Psalm uh, where it says, "He makes me. He makes me lie down in green pastures." Oh, yeah. Like and so it, it, throughout the whole Bible, I think it's 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 shown to us the importance of of rest. Um, and when it comes to grief, like eventually you will either you will choose to lie down and rest, or someone will force you. Right, like so, like God will force you to, to lie down and rest. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I think a big thing that comes into that is the importance of validating ourselves. I think a lot of us don't. We have a habit of validating other people in our life, but we really struggle with validating ourselves. And a lot of questions can come up with that and feeling sort of selfish. You know, like someone might have it worse than me, or you know, I you know I have so much to do and other people mm-hmm. need me. Why should I take the time to rest and not validating? where we are in the importance of that rest for ourselves and that what we're feeling matters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to talk about 
first, like how to validate ourselves, you know, where does that start? Hmm. Hmm. Well, I, I think, uh, you know, just coming from the therapist and mental health side, um, whenever, uh, you know, that's, it's probably one of the biggest things I work on with clients is like asking the question, do you validate yourself? Like, and how good do you think you are validating yourself? And almost always the answer is I'm not very good at it. I don't spend time to validate myself. Um, and often, you know, it, it can come from, from many different places, but often it can come from a place of, uh, just parents and guardians and mentors in our life, uh, not giving us permission to validate our, our emotions. And so I think, uh, just recognizing that, right. That, that there, there may be, uh, some people that, that did not feel like they had the permission to, to validate their own feelings. Um, and, but that can be one of the most important things to do. Um, I mean, you think about, uh, you know, driving, uh, your car, you have to often, you know, change your tires or change your oil. But if you don't do those things, your car will break down. Your car will, um, you know, and that's the worst case scenario. And often your car will keep going and you'll run on fumes for as long as you can. Uh, but eventually it will happen. Um, and that's much like validating ourselves. Um, it's it's that important. And I think uh, exactly with what Charles was saying, that that Jesus really points to the importance of, of validating ourselves. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. definitely. Think of other ways that people don't validate like I know, like my tendency has always been like this, like really corrupt version of humility. Mm. Of mm. just like I don't want to spend time on myself because mm. there's other people that I should be spending my time being mm. with. Are you seeing that often, or is that, um, is that something different? No, I I think that's uh, probably one of the most common things is that uh, whether it's the extreme level of humility, right, where you don't take anything on and you always focus on validating other people. Um, or it is the fact where you just, you don't, you don't realize or recognize the importance, uh, of validating yourself. Um, but, but absolutely. I think we can often fall into that path that other people's suffering is worse than mine. And so why would I spend time on my suffering? And we often forget that pain is relative, right? I mean, uh, someone's experience with a traumatic event is different than, another person, right? And something that may not be viewed as traumatic for one person is for someone else. Um, and, and trauma is, uh, often not just like this crazy, uh, tragic thing that happened, but it can also be defined as complex trauma. And that's actually something I specialize in, in therapy and working with clients is complex trauma, uh, because trauma is much like pain. It's, it's relative to that individual. Um, and so really asking the questions of, of, you know, what, uh, how you view your experiences, um, can be very different to each in individual person. Yeah. yeah. I definitely think there's a difference between humility and then the self-made martyr, right? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Like, I, like, like I truly think of myself less like you are more important or there, um, or that we, no one is less than me. That's like, there's a, a marks of true humility, but the, the, uh, working to the, to the point of like not taking care of yourself and then wearing that as a badge of honor of like, look at all that I've sacrificed. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's not helpful <laughs> and that's not humility, <laughs> but no. that it gets translated. You're yeah. absolutely right. It gets translated into humility for what sure. What you mentioned earlier <laughs> in our conversation, it was like, uh, I don't want to be the Olympic champion of suffering or yeah. something like that. I don't, like, I don't want to yeah. win the suffering Olympics. Yeah. That's, what it was. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how those that's conversations always goal. go. Don't they? Like you bring up something that you're suffering with and someone else is like, oh, oh I've gosh. been through this. And like it just, it becomes that competition, yeah. which is not validating for any person in that conversation. Right. I mean, and we, we see it in our culture all the time that, mm-hmm. that suffering Olympics of like, instead of just validating, Hey, what you're going through is hard and right. period on that, yeah. you know, um, we go, oh yeah, well, you know, I've got this yeah. or or we've gone through this, or my family had to struggle through this. And it's mm-hmm. sometimes it's well-intentioned. Sometimes it's trying to be empathetic and trying to put yourself in their shoes and try to be able to relate to them. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes it's not helpful, even if it's well-intentioned. I don't know that yeah. it's always helpful. I think that's like almost like phase one of trying to grow in empathy. It's like, and almost in that way, it's, it's not the right step. It's not a great step, but like, just you say something and trigger something in my mind. I just need to say it. It's like, well, right. no, what you're kind of saying is like, we're not trying to one up each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I, my thing about students, like that's one of the first things they'll always do. It's like, I'll say like, Oh man, I had a 
rough day, you know, or, you know, maybe like my email didn't work or whatever. Like, yeah, I, know, I had a rough day too. And it's like, okay, cool. <laughs> thanks for, <laughs> thanks for sharing mm-hmm. me that, you know, you know, like right. my dog died. It's like, oh my gosh, well, my dog died five years ago. Like, oh yeah. Well, my bird died. It's like, okay. Like, <laughs> right. we're like trying to grow in our empathy, right. but at the yeah. same time, like we're yeah. just not letting it like just be, is that, yeah. is that like an, is that what we're talking about here a little bit? Absolutely. Like some, even some small way. Yeah, I, I think so. And I think what I'm really hearing in that, I mean, what is when, when you're almost trying to one up someone else, I mean, that really tells me that that person that's trying to one up has not validated their own experiences. Cause if mm-hmm. they were secure in that experience and, and how they experienced it and validated it, they would know that they don't need to tell someone else about it. Sure. Right. So, like someone didn't do that for me. So <laughs> I just need to bring it up again. Right. So yeah. in some ways you're saying to break the cycle, you have to make sure that you're able to validate yourself because exactly. otherwise right. it's just going to keep continuing over and over again. It's exactly kind of even goes back to one of the middle schoolers core needs is to be affirmed. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things I love to say is like, I've never met an over affirmed middle schooler. Mm. Yeah. And so in some ways yeah. you're trying to say like in order for, but in order for, to, for you to affirm a middle schooler, you have to feel secure in yourself. And so it's yeah. the same type of principle here of like, if we don't find ways for us to find validation in our own mm-hmm. feelings, we can't disrupt that cycle. We just actually add to that cycle and over, and over again. And then uh, what you mentioned, Tyler, is like then it doesn't help anybody. Nobody gets any yeah. help from there. Whereas if a leader is able to walk in feeling validated themselves, mm-hmm. they're yes. able to hear that and say, man, I'm so sorry that you had a rough day. And that's really maybe Definitely. all they need to hear. But if you just go to one up them and be like, well, I had a worse day, yeah, that's where that kind of competition <laughs> right. really creeps in. Well, and depending on the relationship, like sometimes there is a give and take in what I'm sharing, what you're sharing. Like sometimes that is there, but often as a as a leader to our students, like yeah. just being able to listen is really important. <laughs> that is true. Like we see us in our training is like, this is not your small group. Mm, (laughs) uh, this is the small group you lead uh, with kids and you need to let it be theirs yeah but that recognizes too the importance of them also having a small Mm -hmm. group or leaders having that and that translates to it's important for you to also have places that you can go that are safe people that are filling you and important to take time to validate yourself you know which is kind of what we're getting into here is you can't give that unless you also have it which right? which might be if you're needing to take one thing away from the from this podcast if you're hearing this then that might be the thing that you need to do is find those people in your life yes. that you can begin to share at a peer level because if you don't do that that will leak into your students group and right. not be yeah. really helpful in yeah. that and absolutely yeah. and and for me as a therapist like I always see a personal therapist right like that's yep. always been something that's so important to me that I'm get having a room and space to validate my own experiences. So when I'm going in and doing that role and doing that, you know, being on the front lines of validating these people that maybe have never been validated before, I'm secure enough to do that mm-hmm. in the same way with our students. Right. And when we're going in the summer camp and, and these different small groups is we're, yeah. we're prepared to do that because we have it for ourselves. Right. I'm, I'm part of a group coaching program that meets every Tuesday for sim- similar things, being able to talk through. I mean, a lot of it is, you know, trying to business plan and, and cast vision and stuff like that. But a lot of it is, Hey, this was a win or I messed it all up. <laughs> like being able to share that in a space. Yeah. So it sounds like some practical ways are finding some sort of community. Mm -hmm. Uh, In some cases, sometimes you need to pay for that community and there's nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with paying for that community, whether that be Mm -hmm. a therapist or you're in a coaching group. Right. Uh, Sometimes those are free, but sometimes those you have to pay a little bit of money to invest in yourself (laughs) in that way. But what we're saying is that type of investment is worth it to be able to find that type of community that you can begin to process and sort through those emotions so that you're not then all of a sudden having them more than likely come out at the most inopportune. Right. Yeah. And sometimes, uh-huh. and sometimes the relationship you're talking about of, of a therapist or a group coaching or any of those things, sometimes it's better when you're in a leadership role in ministry to have someone that's un, un, you know outside of the circle right. of your church to be able to discuss that stuff without breaking some kind of confidentiality that you have with a student with everyone else around you because you're just yeah. venting about your students. Like sometimes you need that space where you right. can go here and this person doesn't know any of the kids you're talking about. This person doesn't know any right. of the staff that you're talking right. about. They don't know any of that other stuff, you know? Yeah. I've benefited from those relationships and just being able to have, like even just to be able to say a name sometimes yeah. just makes it so much more impactful to just to get it off my chest even more. And yep. that person has no idea who it is. I'm not tainting our leadership. I'm not tainting Sean. Um, it's just, you know. <laughs> You're not doing it on a podcast. I'm not doing it on a podcast <laughs> with, with three of my new friends. Um, Sean, obviously, 
Well, we're good. You know, that, right? yeah, no, I do. And just, it kind of, this kind of goes back to this idea that uh, I didn't realize how profound it was. And a mentor shared with me, but like, it's much better to have a bullpen of mentors mm. than kind of this ace pitcher mentor. So oh, it's kind yes. of like building out a, yeah. a group of people. That's and good. so in ministry, one of the things yeah. that I really stress to our staff is like, you need to have somebody outside of the context who can speak into it. Like yeah. you're saying who you can share whatever's going on. It's not going to taint their relationship. It's also helpful though to have someone who knows those people. Cause there are certain things where you need to have them to have the insight and at the yeah. same time, just continuing to build out those groups of people and not necessarily looking for that one amazing mentor, but really trying to build many mentoring relationships mm-hmm. and kind of creating that web is something that uh, I found really, really helpful. Yeah. Definitely. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, that's something I even talk to my clients about, you know, as we're like going through our coaching together is like, you know, I'm a great resource for you, but I also, you know, am not going through it with you. And I, you know, it's good to have someone else as well, like someone in your network that you can reach out to who's, who's done it and can model success in some way for you, um, can be immensely helpful and someone you can just connect with and talk to. So, you know, there's a benefit to having a therapist. There's also benefits to having mentors and friends and all of these people serve different purposes in your life. Yeah. And that is true for our students too. We need to be able to be willing to help connect them to a coach, connect them to Mm -hmm. uh, a serving team leader. If they're serving somewhere, Mm -hmm. like there's something to be said of like, we can all work together. It doesn't necessarily have to be you being that ace to that person. Like you can really help begin to help move them to someone else. Because like Chase mentioned at some point, they're going to graduate. They're no longer going to be in your group. And if you hold on to them so tightly Mm -hmm. that they don't have anybody else after they graduate, you're really not setting them up well to be able to move to what's, what's next. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. definitely. So it sounds like it's important for us to carve out space for us to rest for ourselves, mm-hmm. uh, for us to also, uh, once again, create some space to validate ourselves. Mm-hmm. Obviously, those are two extremely difficult things. What is maybe yeah. another thing that we need to try to maybe carve out some time for if we're really wanting to lead our students well and maybe care even for our own own selves? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think one thing that we talk about a lot is self-care, and mm-hmm. self-care is a very... Um, can be a very flowery word, right? We think of like (laughs) bubble baths and chocolate and not that those things aren't self-care, but self-care is also very practical and um, helping ourselves in ways that our mind and body and spirit actually need them. And we often feel inclined to certain areas of self-care that are more necessary, like could be easier for us and less so into the areas that we might actually need. Um, And then a lot of us don't even take the time for it. Mm. We don't take the time to spend on our mind, body, and spirit for ourselves. We're too busy serving others. And there's a lot of busyness in our lives. There's a lot of busyness in our culture. And so we don't often make the time regularly to spend time on ourselves and just rest. Um, So, you know, part of validating yourself is also, you know, doing a body scan for yourself and realizing, you know, where we're feeling these emotions and connecting to that and reconnecting the mind and the body. And then also figuring out what our bodies need. I recommend for people, you know, first thing in the morning, you do a mind body scan. It only takes like 30 seconds, but you take a moment to think about what am I feeling? What am I thinking right now? Like, did I get enough rest last night? Was it restless? Am I still feeling sleepy, right? Or am I feeling kind of depressed today or low or anxious about my day? Do I feel like I haven't been getting enough sunlight? Am I just feeling drained? Are there any aches and pains anywhere? And that can be a great start if you're, you know, haven't done a lot of self-care to know what activity today is going to be the most beneficial for me. And then literally scheduling, you know, on your calendar, in your planner, 30 minutes of self-care, putting it in there. It can be helpful to do at the same time every day, just scheduling out a block of 30 minutes. It can be, you know, on your lunch break, it can be first thing in the morning, it can be, you know, 8.30 at night once the kids are put to bed, you know, scheduling this 30 minutes. And that's when you do that activity Mm. that you thought about that morning that your body needs, that your mind or spirit needs. Yeah, I like that. So when it does come to like that body scan, obviously our first thing is like, what, (laughs) like they heard what you explained what it is, but there's like this natural like apprehension towards what do you mean? Like a body mind body scan and where does this connection between the mind and body, like, are those two connected is maybe like what I would maybe even begin to ask along those, those questions. Head, shoulder, knees and toes moment, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you just sing the song and then you feel all better. Yeah, no, that's not how it works. Um, that's just one of many options. Yeah, one of many options. At. That might um, also just be a part of aging. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you? But the, <laughs> the, 
mind and the body are absolutely connected in a number of different ways. Uh, a lot of people have heard about a mind-gut connection, right? And I'll illustrate this just by, you know, have you ever you know, been so nervous about something or so sad about something that you felt it in your gut. We talk about this gut feeling or you get like a stomach ache or you're really nervous about something and you can't eat or, you know, you keep eating because you're so nervous about it, right? There's this mind-gut connection. And when we actually look into that, we realize that 90% of the serotonin in our bodies is made in the gut. And serotonin is the happy hormone that makes us feel contentment in our lives. It's one of the most popular deficiencies that causes depression or feelings of depression that's made in our gut. That's affected by what we eat and what we put into our bodies and the gut flora that we have. And so if we're deficient in that, we're going to have an effect on our mental health. And then if we are upset about something, it's going to affect our gut health. And so it's this vicious cycle, right? And that's just one way that the body is connected. There are a lot of different ways. There are hormones that are being made in your body. So there's neurotransmitters in your mind. Your brain is constantly sending nerve messages through your body. And all of this has an effect on our physical health and our mental health. And we see it in people who go through seasons of really high stress and end up developing different chronic diseases and disorders and having chronic pain and things like that and comes very much from the stress that they're under mm. and that anxiety and that depression and you know how that affects the body it really does have a chemical effect on the body and there's just you know, there's so many connections going on and it goes even deeper than that, right? If we're not caring for our body because we're stressed, we're also tending not to care for it physically, right? We're not eating the right things. We're not moving our bodies. And that can have an even more detrimental effect, which then cycles back to our mental <laughs> health. And so there's a constant connection between our mind and body. And so going back to what a mind body scan is, it's just taking a moment to feel that connection. And a lot of us don't feel connected to our minds and bodies anymore. We have gone through years of shutting that out. Mm -hmm. We have gone mm -hmm. through years of saying, I feel sad today, but I'm not allowed to feel sad today. I have things I need to do. And so we invalidate that emotion and we keep pushing forward. There are so many of us who deal with different um, chronic pain or illnesses and stuff like that. And they're like, well, I can't deal with this today. I, I have to, you know, take my kid to school and I, I, I can't afford to lay in bed just because my back hurts or this or that. And so we learn to invalidate our physical body in so many ways. I mean, invalidating our physical body goes all the way back to childhood where we sit in the classroom and you're like, teacher, teacher, I have to go to the bathroom. Nope, you can't go right now. Yeah. Like right there, you mess up the hypothalamus in the brain, which tells us when we want to eat, when we need to go to the bathroom, things like that. Like it's screwed up in childhood. Mm -hmm. And so we go through an entire mm -hmm. lifetime of invalidating our life experience. When you tell someone to slow down and try to feel their body, it's really challenging for a lot of us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so it just starts with finding stillness. It can often start with engaging in our senses to bring us to the present moment. So what can we see? What can we hear? What can we taste? What can we smell? What can we touch? And then bring that inward. What am I feeling? Noticing the little sensations in our body and anywhere we feel it, not dismissing it, just kind of honing in on it. What am I feeling there? And then any emotion we feel, like I said before, where am I feeling it? Where in the body? And that brings back that mind-body connection. And that can tell us a lot too. If we're feeling it in our gut, you know, something's off. If we're feeling it in our heart. There's a lot of heartache there. We can have, you know, some sadness that's going on. If we feel it in our throat, sometimes it often has to do with like our self-confidence and not feeling able to speak our truth in mm -hmm. some area in our life. Like we feel these emotions in different places and it has to do with what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so just starting to bring awareness to the body can bring a whole lot of change into the life, into your life because you're validating yourself. There's some simple ways to bring that mindfulness to if you're not used to it. So like if you are trying to do that and you're just and you're trying to get that going, sometimes it's discouraging, right? When you're trying something new and you're like, I'm not being still like that could be discouraging. But there's try, try asking a middle school boy to, to spend some time in silence and solitude and <laughs> yeah. two minutes is great. Right. So so there's some tricks of just breaking the routine because the routines that we're in um and not even breaking them, but tweaking them. So I'm right-handed. I brush my teeth with my right hand. But in order to spur some mindfulness of the moment, brush your teeth with your left hand, with your mm -hmm. other hand. These are small things that you, you end up checking the thing off that you have to do. You have to brush your teeth. But you've done it in a way that's brought, like, you're, you're 
feeling this differently because you're using your non-dominant hand, um, or even your routine of coffee. Like I'm a coffee guy. I like my coffee. And so I drink my coffee every, almost every day, but not all the time. Cause I've gotten into these routines of like, I delay my coffee. I know this is unheard of, right? I'm, 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 I'm really going to like get kicked out of the room for this. But when you wake <laughs> up, try delaying. If you normally wake up and the first thing you do is drink coffee, try drinking a glass of water first, or at least a sip of water first and delaying your coffee. Mm. Or if you brew the same way every day, coffee pot's on, my Keurig is on, try a different brew. Just try, like for me, I, I like trying different brews anyway, so I might switch from that to a pour over mm. or switch to a AeroPress. And just taking a moment to do it differently, I still get what I wanted, but I've done it differently. That's These are small acts of mindfulness that we don't think about because we're like, oh, that's just silly stuff. No, no, no. These are things that when you do these things where you break your routine just a little bit, you're bringing a mindfulness to your body of how you react. Another simple one is putting on your shoes. Do you do your left shoe first or do you do your right shoe first? So I do my right shoe first and I also okay. put on both socks and then both shoes. I'm the same way. I'm both socks, both shoes. How about you? Are you both socks, both Bo shoes yeah, or definitely one both. foot then the other? Definitely both I'm sides. one foot than the other, and I've been told okay. I'm crazy for that. Okay. <laughs> I've been might. told I've been crazy for doing both uh, the socks and the shoes. <laughs> both, doing. yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. like, but do it different once. Like, if you're normally, mm. see, I'm a left foot first, right foot next. Mm -hmm. But some days you go to sit down, and if you mindfully go, I'm doing my right foot first. It's just a moment of bringing attention to yourself mm. and what your routine is. Walking yeah. to your car in the morning, do you... Do you walk around the front of your car to get in the driver's side or do you walk around the back of your car to get to the driver's side or do you not notice? Right. And yeah. so doing it in a different way and just bringing attention to it is a way to start getting to the mind-body connection. Those things bring you to a mindset of like, oh, I just, things I take for granted, I just do. I walk mm -hmm. to the car. I don't think about it, right? right. Like I might not yeah. ever think about it. Yeah. I just walked to the car. What are you yeah, talking honestly about? It just depends on which kid is not listening to me. <laughs> I understand. That's when I go <laughs> left or right. Right. But these, these are things yeah. that you can do yeah. that sound, they might sound silly, but these are really things you can do to start your process of then getting to a point where the, the check-in doesn't seem weird. It doesn't yeah. seem out of the normal because I'm doing a mind body check-in. Yeah. And, and you're not trying to say that you have to start off like doing a ton of things. Yeah. Like whenever I try to start the process of journaling, I'm just like, Oh man, I'm going <laughs> to yeah. journal all this stuff. And then yeah. I end up being like, well, I don't, it's overwhelming. It's been a month. I yeah. haven't journaled. Yeah. I might as well not do it. Yeah. My yeah. best, <laughs> best attempt at journaling was like this five year journal where there's five lines each day. Yeah. And then you could like read it based off of previous yeah. years. And it's like, mm -hmm. I yeah. can journal five lines every mm -hmm. day. So that's yeah. where you're even trying to lean into the yeah. taking those little small steps. But what you're getting at is something that I wrote in my notes earlier when we talked is that I, I definitely identify with that person who is just on autopilot mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like that autopilot nature just, it's not doing it for me, y'all. Yeah. It's just not. And so, like, even just thinking about some of those, like, little quirky, just small, mundane little things, like, how much how much mindfulness can I bring back into the mm -hmm. morning? Or, like, yeah. one of my bigger hangouts was always, well, if I'm going to do a morning routine, it's got to be this, like, robust, oh, like, yeah. minute yeah. to the minute. Yeah. Like, yeah. I got to get up before the kids and, like, have my coffee. Mm -hmm. and I'm going to do this thing. And, Yeah. Yeah, uh, that worked great for about a week, and then <laughs> and it's now you know April when we're recording this, and so yeah. it's just like, how can we lower that expectation yeah. and just simply Definitely. find that mindfulness? Yeah. And, well, and Charles, I love how you used the coffee example because I actually did that today, mm -hmm. right? And so you so you shared <laughs> that last week, and yeah. I'm like, I'm same way I'm a coffee guy I drink coffee and probably an excessive amount of coffee no and comment so, <laughs> and so something that I I remembered what you said and I it's probably two hours after I woke up I had mm -hmm. my first cup of coffee mm -hmm. instead of right away I'm getting out of bed I'm making my cup of coffee showering and and getting to the office it's like I got to the office and came back and then had my coffee mm -hmm. and then what that did, and then realizing I only, and then I only had my second cup of coffee, which is just unusual. I'm usually on like my fourth <laughs> or something, right? And what that did for me, and as you were sharing, I was thinking about it. I tasted my coffee today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I tasted it, and that was something that's different than you know. I drink those four cups of coffee, but I may taste a couple, yeah. like uh, you know, maybe one or two cups because the rest of it, I'm just getting it in because I think I need it or I think I want it. 
And mm -hmm. those two cups of coffee, I was actually had the time to pay attention mm -hmm. to them. Like, oh. And so <laughs> thank you for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, well, I can, with this, I can like resonate with a little bit, but I can also hear maybe some of our listeners are like, well, then how does this fit our spiritual life? Mm -hmm. Like that sounds yes. great. Right. And that sounds like it's like, Either, either life hacking <laughs> or maybe even some people view it as more like the Eastern side of things like meditation yeah. and emptying yeah. your mind. Mm -hmm. But how does this connect to our like walk with Jesus or our mm. spiritual side there? Cause mm. I think there has to be a connection there if everything yeah. is spiritual in that way. Well, right. it's so funny you say that cause that was exactly where I was just about to take it is, you know, what we're talking about is bringing this level of intentionality, right? Not going through the motions. Mm -hmm. And how often does that translate into our spirituality, mm -hmm. right? Because if you're not being present with it, if you're not thinking about how it affects you in this earthly form that you have and how you're feeling, how much do we just go through the motions in our spirituality? How much do we rush through the prayer? How much do we just check the box? Like, yep, I read my Bible today. Yep, I went to church today. And you mm -hmm. didn't let the message come into your mm -hmm. heart. You didn't let it mm -hmm. affect you because you're rushing from thing to thing to thing. And you just had to make it to church and get home and get the kids to lunch and do all the things. Mm -hmm. And you're not carrying that message with you, yeah. you know? And so mm -hmm. this is bringing that practice of a level of intentionality of where am I feeling this? How is this making me feel? You know, what, what is it about this that affects me? How does it affect me? What does it make me think about? And then for people who are, you know, struggling with this time for self-care and not seeing the value of it. And they're like, oh, well, I'm, you know, this humility part, right, where I have to serve others. How much better are you going to serve when you have brought in a level of this level of intentionality to mm. your spiritual journey? Right. Mm. That's really good. Yeah. So <laughs> I, um, as we're, as you're talking about that and as we're talking about, you know, what does this have to do again, let's look to Jesus and we see, we see Jesus and Mary, um, and Martha, right. We have this moment of the stuff that needs to be done in the kitchen yeah. and we have the moment hanging out with Jesus and we often are like, well, I want to be Mary. I want to sit at Jesus's feet, but we don't. And so this intentionality and this like, okay, you know, I'm going to try putting my shoes on a different order. I'm going to do something a little bit different. This is intentionally bringing myself into my, my being and who I am and that connection to releasing some of the busy for just a minute. And my brain is not on the busy because if I go to brush my teeth with my left hand, all of my brain is on the brushing of the teeth because I can't use my left hand. Right? Like, <laughs> and so all of my energy is now on that. And so it's very similar with our spiritual walk. Like that moment where Jesus Jesus doesn't knock Martha for being busy, but he does say she's chosen the better and the better is slower at that moment. Mm -hmm. um, the better is taking that moment to sit with Jesus. Mm -hmm. That was so important for Mary. And, and we have that great example of that, right? Where, you know, Martha's got the stuff and yeah, people got to eat <laughs> the stuff in the kitchen needed to be done. Mm -hmm. But at this point, Mar Mary chose what was more important. Often some of the most spiritual mature people that I can think of that I interact with are just very present in the moment. Mm -hmm. And so you're all of a sudden connecting all these different dots of, well, maybe part of being spiritually mature is not knowing all the Bible verses, although it's good to get into the Bible sure. and learn and grow mm -hmm. that thing, but it's also being able to be physically present and being able yeah. to be yeah. mentally present and just show up and notice yeah. what's going on in their own lives. So, and also being able to notice what's going on in the, the lives of the people that are around. Yeah. You. And if your mind is not settled, if your mind is not busy, you don't catch any of that. You miss out. I'm sure you miss so many opportunities when your brain is just fluttered with the next thing, the next right. thing, the next thing, and you're not catching what's right here. Mm -hmm. And you're right. That's a mark of spiritual maturity to be able to catch what's right here, what's right now, because you know, this is what's most important is the now because mm -hmm. the past is in the past and the future's not here yet. So this is the moment. You know, what's the line from Kung Fu Panda? That's like, this is, that's why they call it the present. Yeah. Because it's a gift, right? Oh, man. <laughs> Soon we'll be in those movies with my, with my kids. Can't wait. Well, I think it's important too, just to think about, you know, something I bring up with my clients a lot is there's no way to know, you know, if you've achieved your goal, if you haven't set it, right? There's yeah. no way to know where you are in your journey if you're not being present with yourself and intentional with it and seeing where you are. And I'll say the same thing is like, you can't see where God's working in your life. Mm. If you're not paying attention to your life, Yeah. if you're not being intentional with Man, the things that are good. going on and mm. looking at it, you can't see what God is doing in it sure. for you. You have to take those periods of rest to see where he's working and where he's calling you. Mm. Can you edit out the mic that's drop? Is the thump of the mic drop too loud I mean, on I think that that's one? the end. Like, that's just... <laughs> I don't want to go after that. <laughs> I have nothing else to say. It's just such a well thought out. Mm -hmm. well, this is what like, 
I'm resonating with a lot of this stuff. And so my next yeah. thing is like, so how do I do this? Like I get now, I want to rest. I should be validating my emotions. Right, I yeah. should be taking care of myself. So here's, like the, here's, the, this week. here's the funny thing. Like I've known all those things for a while now, yeah. but mm-hmm. then putting them into right. practice is a whole nother thing. And so yes. maybe what are just some practical steps? I mean, you mentioned uh, brushing your teeth with your left hand. Yeah. I'm noticing where, but what are some ways that we can really lean into this idea of getting rest, right. of being able to validate our emotions, of being able to practice self-care and really becoming healthy ourselves? Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Uh, I want to even chime in before that even happens is the, sometimes we over spiritualize some of those things, right? Like we say we want a Sabbath. And so what we try to plan a Sabbath out, well, when we use that terminology, we feel like it has to be the morning routine, right? Where everything is lined up, right? Because it's my Sabbath rest instead of just saying I need a break, (laughs) you know, and I'm not trying to not, I'm not trying to knock the Sabbath. I'm just saying in the church, we overuse those things and we kind of over spiritualize it sometimes. So just, you know, right before we jump into some how to's is the terminology, just back off the terminology a bit. Stop trying to over overthink it and over or or even over spiritualize it. Like, oh, my Sabbath has to be eight hours of Bible reading. Does it really? Like, yeah. no. Or or could it or could it be tapped into you know being with Jesus presently there, like just present with Him? Yeah. So that's a that's a starting point. It's watching our terminology on it. Yeah. Um, I think we either overthink it or we over spiritualize it, and then we get bogged down in the details, and then we just don't do it. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. And also to piggyback off of that too, though, you know, if we're thinking of the Sabbath, you know, and the spiritual time for ourselves, remembering that our bodies are part of ourselves Mm. and that our bodies are a temple, you know, and we have to take care of them. And so part of the Sabbath can also be taking care of our (laughs) minds and bodies in other ways that look beyond the traditional idea of reading our Bible or spending time in prayer. That's wonderful. But you can also take yourself outside for a walk and enjoy the sunshine Mm -hmm. and God's creation and just be a part of that. And that is also a spiritual thing to do because it's taking care of ourselves and it's an enjoying what God has created for us. It can also be very spiritual to take time and nourish our bodies because now we are vessels and we can't do that if we don't take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, you know, things that we do to take care of our spiritual selves can also be a part of taking care of our physical and mental selves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in, in the Bible, it talks about our bodies being temples and yeah. vessels in that same way. And so we have a... Uh, propensity either to undervalue that to where we're not giving it the right fuel, we're not taking care of it, mm-hmm. or begin to value it so much so that it needs to look a certain way. Yeah. In a lot of ways, the way of Jesus is much more in the middle of still valuing yes. yourself, but at the same yeah. time not putting it into where it is the God or the idol itself. Right. Yeah. yeah yes. no, ex- no extremes. Yeah, there's a healthy balance to this. Yeah. 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 Well, I think when we get start getting into the practical, right? How, how do you do this? I think what an important thing to maybe just recognize and ask yourself the question is, are you even really equipped to ask that question yet? Like how, man, how do I validate myself? And is, and a lot of us are just not equipped to validate ourselves because of our, our past experiences or um, whatever it may be. Um, and asking for help can sometimes be the bravest thing that we can do, right? Mm-hmm. And just asking for people around us, like that is almost step one. Um, is in, in that practical step of how to how to take care of ourselves is go to someone and say, hey, I'm struggling taking care of myself. You know, I don't have a sleep routine. I don't I don't do this. Like I'm not don't I don't feel like I'm doing what I'm passionate about and I don't know what to do about that. And a lot of times we're not equipped to get there yet. And so asking for help and whether it's a therapist or a mentor, a spiritual mentor or a parent, whatever, whatever it is, it's, um, you know, I, I think that's step one. Hmm. And I think in the context of who's listening to this podcast, I think of the asking for help and, you know, um, you've got student leaders. We met with them today. You know, the people who are volunteers working with them, they, they need to be able to say and voice their concerns of like, Hey, I'm doing too much or, Hey, I need help with this and giving them permission to, to ask those questions or to, or to reach out like that. Uh, and to be vulnerable with that and be like, Hey, I'm, I need a minute. Um, I might not be able to do, the summer camp, the weekend retreat, the weekly small group, and the winter concert thing. Like, I'm all, all in the same month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, so be as a volunteer, just being empowered to ask the, the, the student leaders, the, the staff, and being able to say, hey, I need to step back. Um, I remember, like, even simple things like, I used to run weeks of camp at Indian Lake as uh, for the senior high kids. And, 
Um, and it was really funny because the first few years we didn't really have much for the staff. And by year three, we set up a staff corner that was like no campers allowed. <laughs> the staff had a coffee maker there. They had snacks there. And these are things that you start to learn from that point mm. of view. But I only got there because my staff started asking me for stuff and they started saying, hey, I need something. I need that space. And what that does, that's also good um, when you can take that break actively at an event like that and take a minute to just sit and, or take a minute to step away. You are then teaching these kids how to do the same thing. And so then we could have a whole generation of kids that know how to take a break, that know that I've done too much to know, Hey, I need to step off. Hey, I know I need to just sit yeah. for a minute. Like how like <laughs> to translate in a schedule is like, you know, instead of having a day that's just chocked full of activity, it's like, you know, do you intentionally have four to five o'clock? That's just nothing. Go take yeah. a nap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. You yeah. know, instead of just like, I go until dinner. It's like, right. No, <laughs> no we should probably take a little rest. Or, or even during free time, or finding a shower. Yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah. During free time, not being afraid to pull away for an hour or two to take a quick cat nap yeah. or to right. do something self care oriented that yeah. brings you life. Because let's be honest, being on those trips for over a, either a week or a weekend like, can be mm-hmm. really draining. And yes. sometimes, mm-hmm. The best thing for you at the end of the trip is to maybe take that mid yes. midway pause to really be able to bring your best self to these students. And imagine being up front with your students and saying, hey, I love you, but I, like, I need to go do this for a minute. Just l- letting them know that I'm important too. Yeah. Imagine what that does to that kid when, when they then need a break and they say, you know, hey, I need a break. Yeah. <laughs> like it empowers them to yeah. do the same thing. Right. And in that training, it's like they know that that's an appropriate response to a kid who wants to go and not participate in something. It's oh, like, yeah. Like that could be a huge, mm. huge piece of that. Yeah. Um, maybe another practical step. Um, I was just thinking about like the people like me who tend to like want the experience of the thing to be this like planned out thing. Like what, <laughs> would, what advice would you give to someone like me that's just like trying to get it just scripted perfect? Like how would you how would you hack that thought mm. to just try to get better self care in the in the life of that person? Mm. I'd start to ask you why does it have to be perfect? Yeah, yeah it is. That's a good yeah. question. Like, is it is it because because well, most take, of, let's take lo- the next twenty for my own personal <laughs> therapy session? <laughs> <laughs> because a lot of times there's there's some kind of judgment either that someone mm-hmm. had on you or that you put on yourself sure. um, that that you then like resort back to, like that's where my brain goes. My brain goes there. And so I would, I would ask that. Um, and sometimes, you know, even the term perfectionist we wear as a badge of honor and we're like, Oh, I'm a perfectionist. And and I'm not trying to, I'm not not knocking perfectionism. I'm just saying like, there's why I would want to know why, why has it got to be that way? And that would be my first questions for it. Uh, trying to dig through that. And then just at some point it would be realizing that I could let some of that go. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, mm. Probably in the midst of that, using a lot of, uh, tell me more about that. Yes. Just yes. Yes. Tell me more. Dig, dig beneath the, the onion. Absolutely. Often we have this external world, but as we dig down, there's these deeper elements there. Ogres are like onions. <laughs> <laughs> Not everybody likes onions. <laughs> uh, now I'm going to go watch Shrek today. It's going to be great. Oh man. Well, um, and I think, you know, as, as we're really, I mean, cause that's where it starts is asking ourselves the questions and checking yes. in with ourselves and validating ourselves. Mm-hmm. But we are going to have students come out to us and we're going to recognize some things that are going on for them. And because we've been for one modeling for ourselves and validating ourselves, we are now equipped to validate our students. Right. And so mm-hmm. there are some, um, questions that I, I really like asking, um, to really just help you know, clients, whether they're kids or adults, uh, just explore, um, you know, what's going on for them. And probably one of my favorite questions, um, and, and this is even something that leaders could use at, during summer camp is if you had a magic wand to fix one thing right now, what would it be? Right. And so you can, you maybe see a kid and they're struggling with something or they're not really talking and you're trying to get to the deeper question and you're using tell me more and just listening to them. But that can be a really helpful question for you and that student to really get to it, the deeper answer of like, if I just have one, if there's just one thing I could fix, what would it be? Mm-hmm. And uh, that can that can be just a, a, an, an easy, easy question or, you know, easy question to ask um, to help you answer some harder things. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, that's good. Definitely. Um, with the time that we have left, um, 
we had talked about walking through this thing called a grounded meditation. Mm-hmm. And you explained that to us in our training earlier, Tyler. So I was hoping that you could spend some time with our leaders here and with us at the table to walk through that and just trying to give us an idea of what that might look like, why you, why you would use it in the first place. Absolutely. So everything we've talked about here today is a great reason to do a grounding meditation. What a grounding meditation does is it brings you out of the hecticness of your life, right? All of the chaos, everything that's going on, everything that you've thought about that has happened and is going to happen. And it brings you into the present and it just gives you a second of rest when everything is busy around you. And, you know, the way I plan on guiding it today is, is a little bit more, I don't want to use the word intense. It's not intense, but it's a little bit more intensive, right? Like that we're, you know, really going into this moment. But you can also use it just very simply as you walk about your day, just paying attention to your senses and what you're experiencing. And that is like we talked about a great first step to bring awareness back into your body and back into your mind and what you're feeling and thinking about and how it's affecting you. And a great step to go, you know, maybe I I need to spend more time on my wellness in these areas. I'm noticing how this is making me feel and I need to spend more time on that and caring for myself in that way. And so a grounding meditation can also serve for that as a launching point into our self-care journey. And so with that too, it's not meant to be, and this kind of a phrase that I've learned from my therapist is you're meant to be noticing things. Mm -hmm. And that noticing isn't meant to heap guilt or make you feel like, man, I'm really missing the mark on this point. It's to bring awareness so that as you begin to notice, as you begin to become aware of this, you can begin to bring things in or take things away at your Mm -hmm. own pace. It's not meant to just keep these kind of mounds of, man, I'm falling short or man, I'm missing the mark or man, I feel guilty. Yes, absolutely. Saying hello to those feelings and then... Move on. <laughs> yep, absolutely. I mean, it's a huge thing in meditation, right? I come across all these people all the time who tell me they're like, oh, well, I can't meditate. I can never turn it off. And I'm like, the goal is not to turn it off, <laughs> right? Of course you can't turn it off. You know, and we talked about today the difference between your mind and your brain. And you don't have as much control over your brain. Your mind is sort of some thoughts and you have a little bit of more control over like, okay, I need to like muscle through this thing today. But you can't control your brain. You can't mm. control when an intrusive thought comes. That's why it's called an intrusive thought. <laughs> you know, if they were called controllable thoughts, it would be different, but it's an intrusive thought. And so, you know, the thing about it is, you know, someone will come to me and they're trying to get into this meditative space and they're struggling with it, you know, and they're like, I can't stop thinking about things. And the thing is, they'll get frustrated and angry Mm -hmm. at those thoughts that come in. And then it's not the thought that's the problem. It's the emotion that's tied to it of this anger and frustration, not necessarily the thought, but at themselves that they couldn't, you know, make the thought go away. And, A part of meditation is, you know, when the thoughts come, we accept them and acknowledge them without any anger or judgment, and then we let it drift away. And if that's an important thought, that's something we need to deal with, that's okay. We're going to put it in a box and we'll deal with that later. We'll deal with it in a safe space to do so. And maybe that's just dealing with it when we have time. Maybe it's bringing it up in a therapy session. Like, hey, I had this thought this week and I wasn't ready to unpack that by myself that's okay. You know, you can put that thought away and it doesn't mean I'm ignoring it. I'm just going to deal with it at a more opportune time. And we don't need to feel any anger or guilt or frustration at ourselves or at that thought, because Mm -hmm. it's just a thought and it can't hurt us until we attach an emotion to it. That's hurting ourselves. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Um, well, let's get down to it. Okay. (laughs) Um, lead us through. And if you're, if you're listening and if you're driving, maybe you want to Pause. Wait till you get yeah. home. Wait until Pull you off get the home. side of the road. Uh, yeah. don't, don't close your eyes while you're driving. <laughs> close your eyes while Please. you're driving. Um, <laughs> and, or maybe you want to just take a moment and just like, you know what? Let's wait till the end of the day where I, you know, where I need to have some more time if you're busy at the moment. But um, would love to have you now just kind of lead us through this moment together. Or, or if you're feeling a busy moment tomorrow, fast forward to this part of the podcast. Yeah, just replay <laughs> this. Just keep this on, on, on repeat. Yeah. <laughs> Put it on loop. All right, so we're going to find a moment of stillness together. Shake out your shoulders a little bit. Find a comfortable seated position. Just take a deep breath in and let it out. Allow your mind to still. Begin to relax your body. Deep breath in. And as you release, let the tension from your shoulders drop down. Begin to let your mind wipe free of anything that came before this moment. 
and anything that is to come after remaining in the present moment. Take a deep breath in. And let it out. Relax your brow. Allow your eyes to go still. Your jaw to slacken. Pull your tongue down from the roof of your mouth. And as you continue to breathe naturally, I want you to relax the muscles in your neck. Relax your shoulders. Feel the tension release from your arms, down through your elbows, out of your wrists, down into the palms of your hands. And let each individual finger relax. Feel your chest relax as it rises and falls with each inhale and exhale. Allow your spine to relax and lengthen. And at the root, feel it ground yourself into where you're sitting. Feel your stomach relax and expand and contract with each breath. Relax your hips, allow them to fall open. Relax your thighs, knees, calves. Let your heels sink down into the ground. Relax your feet. And let each individual toe fall down. You are relaxed. You are at peace. And in this moment of stillness, draw your attention to your ears. Feel your gratitude swell from them as they allow you to hear beautiful things in this world, music, a child's laughter. What can they hear now? sounds surround you. Take a moment to just notice and be still. Draw your attention to your nose and feel your gratitude swell as you recognize this is the sense that can help you make sense of the world around you and also take you back to a memory, a place in your life. You smell the cookies that your mom used to make or the smell of rain on hot pavement that takes you back to your days playing sports with the kids in your neighborhood. What can you smell? Take a moment to connect with your surroundings through your sense of scent. Bring your attention to your tongue, to your sense of taste. This sense too can take us to other places. It's also the sense that helps us nourish our bodies. It helps us connect with others as we share and break bread with them. Feel the gratitude for this sense and take a moment to think of what you can taste in this moment.
But in your mind's eye, I want you to imagine a place in nature where you feel most calm. It can be a place that you've been before or just a place that exists within your mind. Think about what you see in this place. Be wind rustling through the leaves of trees, the ocean waves crashing along the shore. See, observe, and feel gratitude for your eyes and how they help you experience the beautiful things in this world. And in your mind's eye, reach out a hand and touch something in this special place. It could be the grains of sand on the beach, a soft leaf from a tree, the calm water of a stream. Feel the gratitude for touch, which help us, helps us feel cared for, the touch of a hug, of a handshake, the touch of a loved one. Feel the sense of gratitude grow strong from your heart, which beats and keeps you alive through your chest, into your lungs that breathe powerfully and into the rest of your body. Feel the radiating glow of gratitude fill you, pulling you into this present moment where you are safe and you are loved. Knowing you can return to this place holding this feeling of gratitude with you for where you have to go next in your day, begin to bring awareness back to the body. Wiggle your fingers and toes. Stretch your arms over your head. And when you feel ready, you can open your eyes and return to this present moment. Thank you. Um, I didn't know where my arms were for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was amazing. Um, thank you all so much. Seriously, all three of you have brought a lot of good knowledge, insights, wisdom to our team today um, and to our leaders. Um, the ways that you all bring your expertise and passion just exudes out of you. And I wish that <clears throat> everyone can see just the ways that you all just are having a good time and uh, don't take yourselves too seriously at the same time. Uh, you bring such a um, man just in some ways some life shifting conversations into the fold for us so thank you so much for your time thank you so much for having us we really appreciate being here you're awesome thank you um friends oh what you do matters who you are and who are you becoming in christ is more important than what you do um, especially after today's conversation right if you're going to make disciples we have to be disciples we need to take care of ourselves so we each commit personally to walking the walk with Jesus, living out the mountain walk by loving God, loving people, serving the world. Um, because everything rises and falls in the strength of our disciple makers, our process to connect, to connect students to them. Thank you for joining us. Have a great day. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>